Here's a question I bet you didn't expect to hear asked when this season started. Has anyone in college basketball had a bigger week than the Kansas State Wildcats? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and not joining me today, unfortunately, is our co-host, Andy Patton, who is down for the count six. So uh, keep Andy in your thoughts today. We're thinking of you, buddy. Get well soon, and we'll see you right back here. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Folks, it was a massive slate of games this weekend. Uh, Man, just great stuff. So as we do every Monday, got our top five. I've even got Andy's. He still sent it to me. What a guy. We've got our quick hitters, my favorite part of every Monday show. But starting off. We have to start with Kansas State. Seriously, did you expect that we would ever say this? I didn't expect we would ever say, you got to start with K-State, but here we are. And I'm very serious. I know I've been joking. No team in all of Division I, all 363 of them, had a bigger week than the Kansas State Wildcats. Let me run you back through it. Preseason, they were picked dead last in the Big 12 coaches poll. Like the 10 coaches of the Big 12 picked their preseason order of finish. They were picked dead last. This week, they played the teams picked third in the Big 12 preseason poll and first in the preseason poll. Both of them away games. Tuesday, Wildcats go to Texas. That, that team that was picked three in the Big 12 preseason dropped 116 on them in regulation. One, that was the number six team in the nation, the Texas Longhorns. Saturday, they went to Baylor, the team that was picked preseason to win the Big 12, current 19 team in the nation, and beat them in Waco in overtime. What a massive week for the Wildcats. All told, it's two true road wins in the Big 12. It's 116-103 over Texas. It's 97-95 over Baylor. In Jerome Tang's return to Waco, by the way, how cool is that? A little family reunion moment. And you know that was a special, special victory for him over his mentor, Scott Drew. So for K-State, they are now 14-1, 3-0. All three of those Big 12 wins are overranked opponents like what on earth is happening well I think part of the reason we didn't value them as much as we ought preseason is because you've got Keontae Johnson coming in you probably remember he was a Florida Gator collapsed on the court hasn't played in two years and now comes in and looks like the guy that was picked as SEC preseason player of the year that year and now is in contention and discussion for Big 12 player of the year along with people like Jalen Wilson and Mike Miles right and so what a cool story to have him but he is playing back at that level maybe even better than he was at Florida and then you look at the guard position you got Marquise Noel up there in the conversations for best point guard in the nation against Texas listen to these numbers that went at Texas earlier in the week 36 points nine assists against Baylor Saturday, 32 points, 14 assists. You want to know why K-State won those two games? 
look at Mr. Noel's stat lines, and that's a pretty good indicator. And so they've got other um, transfers in m- multiple guys that you just didn't know how it's going to gel, which is part of this transfer portal era. But boy, they are gelling. And so here, here it is. Here's the takeaway. It's not a question of if we now rank K-State, if we move them into the top 25. It's not if. The question is how high. Are they, are they top 15 worthy, top 10 worthy? I think it's somewhere probably in that range. Like I'd put them in the 10 to 15 range, but you got, even though we're like over, um, we're two months into the season at this point and you got to move them from unranked to at least top 15, if not top 10. And I won't bat an eye and I can't blame anyone. I'm curious to see what the AP voters do when this poll comes out later on Monday. <laughs> and then as for Baylor, they are now 0-3 in the Big 12, 10 and 5 overall. Kind of confounding. I mean, they've got two of the, the better wins in the nation. They've beaten UCLA and Gonzaga. Um, but the thing is, when I, I know they've won just two-thirds of their games, one ten, lost five. But of those five, the three-game losing streak, it's Iowa State, who's looking better and better all the time, K-State, who we just talked about, Iowa State, TC, or I just said Iowa State, excuse me, TCU, um, who I know took their second loss on Saturday um, to Iowa State, by the way. Um, but all, all like those are all legit losses. The other two are to Virginia and to Marquette. And so all five of their losses are to top 32 Ken Palm teams. And so it's just hard to know what to make of Baylor right now. Two other quick Big 12 things while we're talking about this game. Number six, Texas, goes to uh, Stillwater and beats Oklahoma State 56-46, super low-scoring game, which is funny, coming off of that game uh, against Kansas State where both teams scored over 100. But I I was curious to see this game because it's their first one after Coach Chris Beard had been fired by Texas. And then they go on the road, make up for that loss with a 10-game, 10-point, excuse me, road win in Stillwater. Stillwater. It's a great sign for Rodney Terry um, as the interim coach in terms of his long-term hopes of being named ultimately head coach. And then one one other Big 12 I want to point out while we're right here, and I just said it, is twenty is Iowa State ranked 25th in the nation, going to Fort Worth and knocking off 17 TCU, 69-67. TCU has been looking better and better and better. They had that one ugly loss to Northwestern State earlier this season. Prior to this, that was their only loss. They were missing several pieces in that game. Without it, I mean, they're a top five team right now. They're playing at that level. But Iowa State, man, has been coming on strong. Gabe Kalsher, who when he's on, he and Caleb Grill, Iowa State looks great. He hit a three in the final five seconds of this game for that final score and then got a steal when TCU got the ball back in to seal the victory. So great closing seconds there from Gabe to help win. So now Iowa State themselves, 12-2, and 3-0 and in the Big 12. Their only losses are to UConn and at Iowa. You can understand both of those. They've beaten four top 32 Ken Palm teams, although none inside the top 20. And so that's where it's kind of weird. Uh, again, kind of wait-and-see approach with Iowa State. Big-time game for TCU coming up there at Texas on Wednesday. We'll learn more about both of those teams. Speaking of the Big 12 and TCU... 
you know what they're doing tonight. There's no games of note today in the college basketball world because TCU and Georgia are playing in the football national championship game. And so if you're wondering, Isaac, if you're watching, it's like, Shade, why you got on that Georgia Bulldog shirt? Well, I grew up on the south side of Atlanta. My whole family is Georgia fans. I grew up not liking UGA. But now that I live away from home and family, it's a great way to connect back home. And so I typically cheer for the Bulldogs now when they're playing. Just, you know, it, it gets me back home. So uh, I got Bulldogs over TCU in tonight's national championship game. One more thing on football. I hope you saw this on Sunday. But how about the Bills taking that opening kickoff back for a touchdown? Goosebumps, man. That was a crazy, crazy moment in the in the wake of the, all the DeMar Hamlin stuff. Uh, best to him as he continues to heal. Well, folks, it's time for our weekly top fives. Andy and I both have a new team at number one. Again, even though he's not here, he sent me his top five. We'll look at those and take a little quick run around the SEC while we're at it. We'll do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, with which you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, value, and experiences that you are looking for. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post and help get you matched up with the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on this one platform. It's great. So you want to achieve business goals in 2023 and hiring the right team member is the exact right thing to help you do just that. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Okay. Ooh, top fives. Here we go. This is every week. Andy Patton and I get together. We look at who are our new top five this week in polls based on what happened last week. Let me give you Andy. He sent it to me. Obviously, we know that Purdue lost this week, almost lost twice, honestly. And so, uh, as you would imagine, we both have a new number one. It's the same team, Houston Cougars at number one for Andy, followed by Kansas, UConn, Purdue, and then UCLA number five for Andy Patton. Looking at mine, it's pretty similar with a couple differences. Number one and two, we are aligned on. Houston is back into the number one spot for both of us. And then Kansas moves up just by virtue of not losing. They just keep winning. It's crazy. They're doing it. And you love to see uh, those pieces that Bill Self has there. Number three, I moved Purdue back here. I know they almost took that second loss, but they didn't. They ended up winning against Ohio State. Just one loss on the resume. I'm not going to bump Purdue down too far. I want to continue to see what happens with them. And then I've vaulted Tennessee all the way up to number four. I'll tell you more about why in just a second as we take a little uh, look at the SEC stuff. But yeah, Tennessee, I got them number four. And then UConn's number five. I still really believe in UConn. Got back on it with a win against Creighton on Saturday, 69 to 60 at home. And so, uh, man, massive game from Madama Sinogo in that one. And so uh, Huskies are getting right back to it. In terms of who's next in line after that top five, again, Andes is Houston, Kansas, UConn, Purdue, UCLA. 
Mine is Houston, Kansas, Purdue, Tennessee, UConn. Following them, um, in no particular order, are Alabama. Woo! Blitzed Kentucky. Gonzaga's coming back in. Even though Texas uh, lost midweek, um, won, as we said, on Saturday, and still believe now more in them. I had been taking a hold approach, but starting to see a little bit more about what they are um, under Rodney Terry. I'm coming back around. Arizona, we're going to talk about them. They lost on Saturday, but I, I don't want to drop them too far as of yet. UCLA, who Andy had in his top five. And then somewhere we got to start thinking about K-State. I don't think they're top 10, but I do think they're top 15 at this point. All right, that's our top fives. We want to know yours. Let us know. Drop it in the comments if you're watching. Send us a tweet or something if you're listening. Let's take a quick run around the SEC. I just mentioned it a second ago. Alabama, seventh in the nation right now. Absolutely blitzed Kentucky on Saturday. And sometimes we'll say, like, this is more about Kentucky. This is more about Alabama. This is about both of these teams continuing to do what both of these teams had been doing so far this year. This game was in Tuscaloosa. Um, for Alabama, they're up to 13-2 and overall, 3-0 and in the SEC, looking great. Nate's, Nate Oates' team is, again, their only losses, UConn and Gonzaga. I can get on board with that. Those are both top 10 teams um, and just murdered Kentucky in this game. I mean, 78-52, to that's a 26-point uh, margin, and it wasn't even that close, honestly. This was a 30-point drubbing and... Um, Man, John Calipari's got some stuff to get figured out. We were already uh, kind of looking like eh, at Kentucky last week. They held on against LSU on Tuesday night. And then this one is just, I mean, not many teams are going to go to Tuscaloosa and win. Maybe nobody this year, but 26 point loss. Come on. So Kentucky now 10 and five overall, one and two in the SEC. They're three and three in their last six games. Oscar Sheboy, only four and six in this game. You can't have that from the reigning national player of the year. And that's part of what's so confounding about Kentucky to me is I know you've got uber talented freshmen like Case and Wallace, but you got to get more from these returning guys that you're expecting. If you're John Calipari, um, more on this team, only seven assists in this game for Kentucky. You can't have that under 30% shooting for the game, which is in part Alabama, like their defense is a much improved over last year. And so that, that speaks to them, but also Kentucky, I mean, if you're only getting seven assists, you're expecting under 30%. So yikes there next staying in the sec Auburn holds serve at home against Arkansas. I don't know what to do with this Auburn team. We, uh, I was talking uh, over the weekend with Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked on Auburn. We were just going back and forth some about this along with Andy Patton and just trying to figure out, like, Auburn has some wild home and road splits this year um, and clearly hold serve in this one. I've, If you've been dialed in with us, you know that I've been a little down on Arkansas Losing Trevon Brazil is massive, and he's done for the season. Nick Smith Jr. is out, it sounds like, from a tweet from um, Jeff Goodman on – I almost said John Goodman <laughs> – from Jeff Goodman on Sunday that he's out at least through January and then going to be reevaluated. He's kind of rehabbing his knee out in California right now, and so keep tabs on that. But, I mean, you take two of your top three or four scores off of any team, right? But uh, – in particular, a guy who's expected to be a top 10 draft pick, a guy in Trayvon Brazil who is doing great things, and, and you expect it. But even still, 
Auburn wins this game 72 to 59 at home. Um, and so the, the big win for Tigers who had lost three of their last six after that eight and no start, Wendell Green Jr. leads the way for uh, for Auburn 19 points, five assists, 18 and eight off the bench for Alan Flanagan, who actually, you know, I mean, Bruce Pearl always just plays so many guys off the bench. So Flanagan off the bench had the most minutes for Auburn. Now, as for the Arkansas side of it, this is another part of why it's like, yeah, but you still got to go win games like this against an Auburn team that I'm still, frankly, not sold on. All due respect to Zach and all you uh, Eagle uh, WDE fans out there, go Tigers. Um, but Anthony Black, stud freshman, 23 points, seven rebounds, four assists in this game. Like Arkansas should, in my estimation, still go to Auburn and win this game. Again, the SEC is great, though. Last um, SEC te- uh, game we kind of want to hone in on right here is Tennessee and South Carolina. <laughs> and it's like, wait, Tennessee and South Carolina, this is not going to be a game. And it wasn't. Tennessee obliterated the Gamecocks 85 to 42. It's a 43 point victory. But here's why I want to talk about it. Tennessee, per Ken Palm, is the number one defensive efficiency team in the nation. They're coming into this game playing against Gigi Jackson, who is a stud freshman for South Carolina, one of the best freshmen in the entire nation. And so if you listen to Friday's show, you heard me ask Kyle Boone over under 15 points for Gigi Jackson in this game. And I kind of put that at a conservative estimate. I thought about putting the over under at 20. Um, And so Kyle naturally, understandably, took the over. Gigi Jackson goes scoreless in this game, and that's why I want to bring it up. Tennessee, in their number one defense in the nation, holds Gigi Jackson scoreless. That is very impressive from Tennessee and just shows some things about Gigi Jackson that might just – that's tough as a freshman, especially in the SEC, whose profile continues to raise year after year. As for Tennessee, again, I know it's South Carolina, and I know they're terrible, but they've won their last two games – by an average now of 38 and a half points. This one, and they beat Mississippi State on Tuesday night. Notably, we know that defense is something different. But what's interesting is Tennessee's offense is starting to kick into gear now. If they can continue to do that, have like a top 30-ish offense to match with their number one defense in the nation, watch out folks. And that's why I moved them into my top five this week. Cause it's something different. If, if they're going to continue to do things like holding Gigi Jackson scoreless. Nah. So, uh, man, the sec is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to keep dialed in on it. Oh, folks, my favorite moment of every Monday show is coming up next. It's our quick hitter segment. We're going to take a quick peek at other games and storylines of note around the nation. Just pop in, pop back out, and go through a bunch of them. Usually it's Andy and I just jumping back and forth on it. But again, today you're going to have to put up with me. So just touching on games and storylines that were of note this week that we haven't yet touched on. We're going to do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, who has is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football, moving into the playoffs, to college bowl season, national championship game tonight, to basketball, they've got it all at betonline.net. So make sure to check out the line for tomorrow night's ACC big-time matchup, North Carolina, heading to Charlottesville to take on Virginia. 
Bet online always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, here we go, quick hitters. Time is run around. You ready? Let's go to the Pac-12 first. Washington State over number five, Arizona. What in the world is happening? The Cougars go into the McHale Center and beat Arizona by 13 points. 13 points. And keep in mind, Washington State almost beat UCLA, lost to them by one point. So we've been talking all season about it's UCLA, it's Arizona, and a bunch of also-rans. Washington State's almost knocked off both of them now. And so um, Arizona cannot lose this game. One of the things we talked about, who wins the Pac-12 regular season, it's going to be UCLA or, or Arizona. Like, just take that to the bank. But it's going to be determined not how they perform against each other, but how they perform against the other teams in the conference. And so this is a very big ding in the armor for Arizona. Number two, uh, Clement, <laughs> doubt you were paying attention to this one. Why? Because probably you pull up your app and you see the top 25 games and it's like, oh, look at these teams playing. Neither of these teams are top 25 teams. And so it probably wasn't on your radar. Clemson beats Pittsburgh for first place in the ACC. That's right. Coming into this game, Clemson and Pittsburgh are the two lone undefeated teams in the ACC. Again, totally understandable if you missed it. Clemson wins the game 75-74, has sole possession of first place in the ACC. Not Duke, not North Carolina, not Virginia, not Virginia Tech, not Miami or anyone else. It's the Clemson Tigers, number one in the ACC right now. Now, I don't expect either of these teams to hold on at the top, either Clemson or um or Pitt, although I believe in Pitt a little more than Clemson. I'll go ahead and say that. But keep your eyes on the ACC, just because none of those expected teams are right at the top right now. None of them are setting the world on fire. That's part of why this North Carolina-Virginia game is so important Tuesday night. <clears throat> Next, let's go to the Big Ten. Illinois, this team is mercurial. They hold serve at home over number 14, Wisconsin, on Saturday, 79-69. to 69. This was a game I was worried about for Wisconsin because they were missing leading scorer Tyler Wall, who has an ankle injury. And it's one of those where it's like, hey, if Illinois comes in and is the good version of Illinois with Terrence Shannon doing well, um, with Matthew Meyer doing at, at least a little bit, Boy, howdy, they might do it. And they did. Terrence Shannon had that big-time performance, 24 and 8 rebounds on 7 of 11 shooting. Coleman Hawkins, this is wonderful and added for Illinois. 20 points of his own, also 7 of 11 shooting, including making six threes. And so if Illinois can get that performance consistently from those two guys and Matthew Meyer can get 10 to 15 points a game, Illinois could be doing it and Brad Underwood's crew could be right back in it. But of note... Sky Clark left the program this week. Could that be addition by subtraction? We'll find out going forward. Next, going to the ACC that we just, back to the ACC. Duke goes to Boston College and has to survive, has to survive a buzzer-beating attempt to walk out as champ, <laughs> champs, as the winners of the game 65-64. BC had a lead 
With 12 seconds left, Fort Duke's taking their last shots, misses it. All Boston College has to do, grab the rebound, make a couple free throws, and probably get out with a win. But they can't secure the rebound. Kyle Filipowski gets his hands on it, makes two free throws to give Duke the lead, <clears throat> and then Boston College can't hit on the other end. Keep in mind, if Duke loses this game, that would have given them back-to-back -back losses after getting blitzed, blitzed by NC State earlier this week. And you got to keep in mind, though, that there's no Jeremy Roach in this game for Duke. And so, you know, they're trying to figure some things out. But still, it's Boston College. You got to you got to win bigger than that. Back in the Big East, I already mentioned that UConn got back to their winning ways. I'm very glad to see that and frankly expected. But we've been looking to see what's Villanova going to be and do. Well, they hosted Xavier on Saturday. Xavier gets the win, 88 to 80. I know Villanova's trying to figure things out, and Cam Whitmore is looking really good. This freshman who's finally in and playing had 26 in the loss, though. And that's the thing is Villanova is now 2-3 and three in the Big East. Zach Fremantle, massive game for X, 29 points, 11 rebounds. And so now it's Xavier and it's Providence that are your two teams atop the Big East. East both uh, atop the Big East, both undefeated. It's Providence at 6-0 and Xavier at 5-0. So, man, love to see all the, all the wackiness ensue. We'll see. I would imagine UConn is going to wind up at the top of this, but they're not right now. Keep going. New Mexico, 21st in the nation. Remember, they were the final remaining undefeated team in the nation. Lost last weekend. Well, they take a second loss in a row. This one at home to UNLV, who was also one of the final remaining undefeated teams in the nation. Um, but, yeah, Lobo's fallen off a little bit, and they probably will take quite a few more L's as the season goes on. All right, a couple more for you. Charleston. 23rd in the nation, College of Charleston. You love to see stories like this out of the Colonial Athletic Association. They win 75-64 over Delaware. The game itself is not of note other than that Charleston wins. Why? Ken Palm doesn't love the Cougars. They're 84th there, but Charleston's 57th at Torvik. And most importantly, the one that matters at the end of the day, in the net, they're 50th. So their only loss, Charleston, is at North Carolina, and notably, they have the longest winning streak in all of Division I, 15 straight wins. But you know what? Here's what's cool. You know who has the second longest win in Division I? Another CAA team, UNC Wilmington. 13 straight wins themselves. But guess what? Those two teams are squaring off on Wednesday night at UNC Wilmington. Should be a great CAA matchup. Make sure you're dialed in for that. Finally, we wrap up with two curious Big Ten results, off, both from Sunday. Indiana loses at home to Northwestern. Yes, in Bloomington, in Assembly Hall, and the Hoosiers cannot do that. Northwestern, 3-1 and one in Big Ten play. The Hoosiers, though, are 10-5. and five. Several 10-5 and five teams. I think we said that about Baylor, about Kentucky, but they are 1-3 in Big Ten play. What is Indiana doing? They have to do better. And all five of those losses are in their last eight games. They're going to be out of the top 25 when it releases later today on Monday. And this game, I know the final score indicates it was just a one-point game. It was not that close. Northwestern was up 13 with three minutes to go. Furious IU comeback. Um, Trey Galloway makes a longer-than-half-court three at the buzzer to make it that one-point uh, final margin. And so... 
don't don't put much stock into that. Boo Booey, one of my favorite names in all of college basketball, leads the way for Northwestern with 26 points. And <clears throat> Indiana, even in the loss, man, the stars were out. Trace Jackson Davis, listen to how close he was to a triple-double. 18 points, 24 rebounds for TJD, 8 assists. Those were 2 assists shy. And four blocks. Great stat line for TJD. And then their stud freshman, Jalen Huchifino, 33 points on 12 of 17 shooting, including five of seven from three. Great stuff there from him. The one thing you want to see JHS grow a little bit in, six turnovers in this game. That other Big Ten game I said I want to mention, Maryland. One of those wacky up and down resumes. We're starting to look at some of these weird resumes around the nation. Maryland has one of them. But... They win at home over Ohio State, 80 to 73, also on Sunday. And so this was a much needed win for Maryland, who had that impressive yet unexpected 8 and 0 start, but then has just dropped off five of their last seven before this win over Ohio State. Had to have it, and they got it. For Ohio State, unfortunately, it's now back to back losses. You get the first one because it was to Purdue on Thursday night. So close to winning was Ohio State, but they just couldn't pull it off. But unfortunately, they followed that up by going to Maryland and dropping one to to the Terps. And so for Ohio State, got to get back to Columbus um, where they can kind of regroup. And then a much needed get right game against Minnesota, who's not good on Thursday night. And so that should be a good thing. But for Maryland, great win for them because Ohio State is a really, really good team and so looking to see what they continue to do going forward in big 10 play whoo that is some quick hitters that's a big time run around hopefully you got it all all dialed in i told you it was a massive weekend we got another great week of college basketball coming up can't wait to share it all with you for those of you joining us for the first time coming in from football we're so glad you're here would love it if you would subscribe to the show smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube and leave some comments. And again, your top fives as you look at this game. Oh man, great show coming up tomorrow. I'll be discussing uh, some recruiting things with Jason Jordan, as well as looking at other freshmen, getting his thoughts on the national freshman of the year race. Make sure you tune in for that one. But until then, peace. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.